You are listening to episode 18 of the Travel Snacks podcast, a podcast about eating, dating, travel tips, and living a remote working lifestyle. I'm Allison Sharp, your snacking host. In today's Food for Thought episode, I talk about standing up to pee, what had me feeling like a granny, and using a product that made me want to rip off my skin. Hello, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of the Travel Snacks podcast. Thank you for being here today. And if this is the first time you're listening, welcome to the family. And speaking of family, I mentioned this on the last episode, that it's a little weird if you're creeping on this podcast and you haven't subscribed yet because we're all friends here. So join the party, hit the subscribe button so that you'll know every time I have a new episode. And speaking of new episodes, I'm going to be ramping up this podcast. So instead of posting an episode once a week, I'm now going to be transitioning into uploading two times a week. So give me about a week or so more and then I'll be jumping into that. So that's very exciting. I want to get right into today's episode because these are a few things that I thought that I needed through my trips previously. And when you're setting up your list of things you need to bring, you don't always know exactly what you're going to use or things you think you need, but then you get somewhere and you're like, yeah, I don't really need this or it didn't work as you thought. So these are the things that I have previously taken on other trips. And now I'm basically just retiring these products because they just aren't really useful to me. And I want to share those with you so that maybe you can avoid even bringing them in the first place. And maybe some of them you might still need, but for me, I don't need it. So let's jump right in. These aren't in any specific order and there's quite a different variety of things I'm going to be talking about. So the first item is a cheap hairbrush. Okay, so at home I use a round medium-sized brush for my hair. In the past I never used one of these brushes because I never found a good one because a round brush is can get caught in your hair and it does not feel good all you ladies out there i'm sure you can understand it and if you're still a person that's never really found the right round brush then keep looking because all over the years i would go to hairdressers and they'd use use a round brush when they would blow dry my hair and i'm like dang this brush glides so nicely through my hair and it makes my hair feel nice but i never found one that worked and i'm like there's just no way it hurts i'm not gonna keep putting myself through this but a friend of mine had a round brush that I tried and I really liked it. So I ordered one on Amazon and now I just use that particular round brush at home and it feels nice. It glides through my hair real good and it's half boar bristle and half like pointy sticky kind of bristles. I don't know what to call those like synthetic or nylon or something. And it just works really well. It feels nice. So I have that, but it's kind of big. It's not gigantic, but it's, it's a good size. So I was like, well, I love this brush, but I'm not going to bring it on any of my trips because it's just, it just takes up too much space. So I was like, all right, well, let me go into Sally Beauty Supply and see if I can get a nice brush that is a little more compact. So I roll up into Sally Beauty. I tell the girl, she's like 
15 working there not really but she looked real young like she hadn't really had that much experience in life so she shows me a bunch of brushes some of them were just as big as my other ones i was like no like what are you missing i need a smaller brush so she finally shows me this one boar bristle brush and i felt it with my fingertips and i was like yeah this feels really nice and i felt like it was going to be a good idea all right so i bought it it wasn't even a cheap brush it was like six dollars and it wasn't expensive either. It wasn't like a $20 brush either. So I felt like it was a good situation. So I bought it. I packed it in my carry-on and I was like, all right, this is going to be a good move. Well, it wasn't a good move because when I got to my destination in South America, the first time I went to brush my hair with it, which that was my mistake. And this is a tip for all of you that are traveling. Try everything out that you buy for your trips. And this is something that I know but for whatever reason, I just got hypnotized by the feel of that brush in my hand and I just never tried it at home before I went on my trip. Once I got to the trip, I went to use the brush and it just literally slid down the surface of my hair. It didn't go into my hair so that it would like brush. It was so dense that it wouldn't go through my hair, which was a real bummer because the South America trip that I was on was going to be about three months. <laughs> so that means I didn't have not only not a nice brush, but not really a brush that worked at all. So I had to take my butt over to a kind of like a drugstore, basically like a mini CVS, but in South America, and look for a round brush. So I did find a round brush, but it was one of the kinds that kind of pulls on your hair as you glide it through your hair. And because it's round, it doesn't, it tangles up kind of easily. So I ended up spending, you know, more money on that as well. And that one didn't even work that great either, but at least it was better than the one that didn't even go through my hair at all. So I say all that to say that I won't be bringing the cheap brush with me on any future trips. I'm going to go ahead and bring my nice round brush, which for those of you that are in the market for a nice round brush, check it out on Amazon. It's called Revlon Smooth Stay Titanium Round Porcupine Brush, size medium. That's the one that works well for my hair. Hopefully it works well for you. I paid about $11 for it. So it didn't break my bank, but it was definitely worth it. Number two, laundry sheets. Okay, back in episode six, I talked about seven ways to do your stank laundry while traveling. And one of the things I mentioned is doing sink laundry. Okay, so before I left on my trip, I thought, okay, I'm going to need to do laundry and there's not going to be times where I have laundry detergent. And from a previous trip when I was in Europe for several months, I didn't have laundry detergent. So I felt like, let me try to find a solution that makes it easier to travel with. So I found these laundry sheets on Amazon and basically what it is, it's, it looks like a thick dryer sheet but it's bigger and it has the detergent on the sheet so you just if you're doing laundry in the sink or even in a washing machine you could just throw the sheet in there and that is your detergent I was like cool that's very handy and they were thin enough and they came in, in like a resealable envelope type looking thing so it was flat and easy to travel so I was like okay that seems like a great solution another mistake I didn't try before my trip. So when I finally went to use these laundry sheets, I put my laundry in the sink and I cut one of the sheets in half 
because I wanted to conserve and keep them going for the few months I was away. And I put it in the sink and literally just like, I actually couldn't even get it to the sink. My hands were wet from running the water. I grabbed the sheet with my hands and it dissolved on my fingertips. And then what was left, I put in the sink and it dissolved like immediately into the water and it didn't produce any suds. I'm going to say it didn't produce any suds. It, it probably, you saw like maybe 10 eeny, weeny, teeny, teeny little bubbles. So it really was not doing anything for your clothes. I could have used a bar of soap and got more cleanliness than from these sheets. So literally I would have had to use two or three of these sheets to make the water in the sink sudsy enough to that I would feel that my clothes were even remotely going to get clean. And even two or three sheets, I feel that it just would have basically just dissolved in the sink and you're not really getting much for it. So there's been times where I've actually used shampoo or body wash instead, and it's gotten my clothes cleaner than these laundry sheets. Now they do make different brands of these laundry sheets. So maybe I just got the wrong one, but these were highly rated on Amazon and I just feel like they weren't worth it. It wasn't even that expensive. It just, it was just a waste of space. Even if it was more compact than bringing laundry detergent or something else, it just wasn't worth it. So for me, I would rather just, once I get to a different country and I need to do laundry, I'll just go to their little mini mart and buy a container of laundry detergent. Especially if you're in South America, the prices are super, super inexpensive and you could probably get a bottle of detergent for like a dollar, maybe not a dollar, but a couple bucks. It's really not going to be terrible. So I'd rather just do that than to have these in my bag and kind of just in the way knowing that it's not going to really work that well. So I will not be bringing laundry sheets on my next trip. Number three, water tabs. Okay, so you might be like, what are water tabs? And that's exactly what I said before I even heard of water tabs. Here's a case where you don't always need to listen to everybody that tells you to be careful about everything in the whole existence of the world. That's going to be something I will rant about in another episode because I just don't want to even go on that topic. But people are so, so obsessed with people getting killed and taken and just the most terrible things are going to happen while you travel. Granted, terrible things can happen and have happened to other people. I do not downplay any bad experiences that anybody has had. And especially for people that have lost loved ones or lost their own life. I, I seriously feel for those situations. However, if you go with the mentality that you're going to get murdered, then it's, it's going to make you a more of a target because you're going to be really looking like you're insecure and you're not confident and people are going to kind of attract to that. So for me, my, my mentality is to be aware and stay as safe as possible, but I'm not going to go up in some other country being panicked because that's just going to make me a target. So that was like a full on side rant. However, this is not even about that kind of safety. This is about the safety of when you drink water. So everybody was on their whole kick about like, oh, you, you can't go to South America. You're going to get poisoned from the water. You're going to get diarrhea. You're going to get this. This is gonna... And I'm like, okay, I get your point. But also there's this thing called bottled water. And then you have people that are like, you can't just have bottled water all the time. 
you're gonna like hurt the environment okay granted as well i understand so people kind of kept going on in my ear so i was like man like maybe i should think about something else like other than bottled water and really try to protect myself even further so i bought these water tabs on amazon they were a hundred tabs tablets for like six or ten bucks it was not even expensive but they look like the size of like an ibuprofen or a aspirin or something and there's a hundred of them they're super small and tiny what you do is you drop a tab into say if you're at a restaurant and they serve you a glass of water you put this tab in there but you have to wait 30 minutes you have to just let it dissolve and you have to wait until it kind of gets in there and purifies the water. And then once it does, after 30 minutes or maybe even an hour when you're pretty much probably going to be done with your meal, when you drink it, people said that it tasted like chlorine and it wasn't a good flavor. So to me, I was already hesitant about it. I bought them anyways. And through my whole three months in South America, there was never a time where I was like, hmm, let me pull out these water tabs and see about this. If I was thirsty, I just went into a mini mart, bought some water. Like even if you're at a restaurant and they pour you water, do you think that they're really going to stay in business if everybody's getting diarrhea from the water? Of course, if you go to some hole in the wall, some weird place. Yeah, but if you're going to go to some restaurants that are more well known in the city and a place that you can kind of look around and see that their kitchen is probably very clean. I don't know. Like you just kind of get a vibe. You know what I'm saying? You should be feeling okay to drink the water. I never got sick drinking water in South America that I know of. I did get sick eating McDonald's. I got food poisoning. I talk about that in episode 13. <laughs> unlucky 13 episode talking about my McDonald's revenge, but I never drank water that was tainted to my knowledge. And if I did, I didn't get sick. And I never wanted to use those water tabs because even just the thought of drinking water that tastes like chlorine made me feel grossed out. So even though I brought those water tabs, I never use them and never will. Number four, a lotion bar. Here's another thing that seems like a good idea, but in application wasn't that great. But let me expand on this thought because I have a few things that I want to say about this. So when I decided to forego my regular size luggage and only bring a carry-on, I went into this mode of, okay, I have to condense, 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 and I have to bring the least amount of liquids that I possibly can because I can only bring a quart size Ziploc for my liquids and I have to just really be conservative about what I bring. And that is true. However, traveling this way for several months now, I've learned some things. And there's things that you can certainly compromise on, but then there's things that just doesn't make sense and you don't actually need to compromise that much. On a side note, my whole three months in South America, not ever one time, ever, ever, I took several, several flights, not ever one time did any of those airports check my court-sized bag. I think that is, I'm just going to make this up, I have no facts here, but I think the whole three ounce liquid 
quart size bag thing is only a big deal in America. I think it's a tactic for whoever, the government, TSA, I don't even know, airlines, I don't really know who's in charge of all that. I think it's a tactic, like a scare tactic for travelers. And I think there's got to be some other things behind that because really it's kind of ridiculous and it never was a thing in any other airport. Nobody ever cared about that, checked that, didn't really care what you had in your carry-on unless you had some kind of crazy weapons, which I wasn't traveling with no weapons, but they don't care. They don't, they don't care about your liquids. So that's just a side note. But in terms of this lotion bar, okay, so before the trip, I was really trying to condense. So I thought, okay, what are some other solutions that I can transition to instead of having liquids or creams or gels? So of course, I like to travel with a little bottle of lotion. I'm not the kind of person that uses a bunch of lotion every day or a lot of lotion at all. But there's times where you just, you feel dry and you want your skin to feel hydrated. So I wanted to bring a small container, a travel size container of lotion, but in my attempt to ration my liquids, I wanted a different solution. So I looked online and I found out that they sell lotion bars. So these are, they basically look like a bar of soap, a little round bar of soap, and it's made from beeswax and essential oils. So you're like, cool, this sounds really good. This will be nice for my skin. So I ordered it and it was not cheap. I got, there was two sizes. There was a medium or it was like medium and large. And I got the medium because I was like, I don't really use lotion that much. So I don't need that much. And this, the medium one was like $6 for this little travel size round bar. I was like, bro, that's, that's very expensive for this. So I got it and you're, you put it in your hand and the warmth of your hand kind of makes it to where the oils activate and you can glide this bar along your skin and it moistens your skin. No, it never did that for me. I held it in my hands. I even like, like blew into my hands, covered it with both hands. And it was like gliding a bar of soap dry on your skin. It was like bumping down your skin. And it was not a comfortable feeling. Now, I will say, once I glided it on my skin, and even though it wasn't gliding, it was just kind of like, you know, rubbing it on my skin like a dry bar of soap. After a while, it did feel a little bit softer on my skin. Definitely not the same as lotion. But because of the oils and the beeswax, it kind of did make my skin feel a little bit softer. But not enough for me to warrant bringing that bar again. I will just get a travel size bottle of lotion. It will fit in my quart size bag. The lotion bar was expensive and it just never worked for me. Like if you think about just putting on lotion in general, you know, you squirt lotion into your hand and you rub it on your legs, your arms, your body, and you just rub it in and that's that. But with a lotion bar, you have this bar in your hand and you're like trying to glide it down your arm and just go up and down, up and down, backward and forward and trying to get the oils into your arm smoothly, but it's not. And then you got to do your legs and then you got to do your body. And it just, it takes so much time. It's to me, it was not even worth it. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, forget it. I'd rather just go without. And in all the countries I've been to so far, lotion is not scarce. I mean, it's not like something that you're like, oh man, like, how am I going to find lotion over here? It's everywhere. There's lotion. When I first started to tell you about this tip that I said, there's a few thoughts that I have is that 
that's just one brand of a lotion bar and that particular one was from a, a company that had a lot of great reviews but my friend she got this lotion bar her mom just happened to get it somewhere maybe like etsy or at a farmer's market or something and it was nice it was i don't know if it was made with beeswax but it was whatever it was made from it looked kind of like a little deodorant stick and you just rubbed it on your skin and it was it actually glided on pretty nice kind of like a chapstick and i was like okay now we're talking so when I say I wouldn't bring it again, I wouldn't bring this particular brand again because it didn't glide on nicely. But if I found one like that, that was a really smooth experience, I might do that because then you don't have to deal with the creaminess of the lotion and it's kind of compact and you don't really need to worry about. It. So I will explore other options. I think for now, I'm going to stick with just standard lotion, but in the future, I might toy around with some other lotion bars. Number five, this is one of the things that I really thought I was going to need and I was really obsessing about finding the right one. And then I took this item on my trip and didn't use it not one time. The item I'm talking about is a... And now a snack break. Today's episode is brought to you by Chicken Nuggets. Chicken nuggets are actually fascinating if you do some research on them. They were actually discovered by a Cornell University professor, Robert C. Baker, in 1963. And he is the professor of poultry science, which I didn't even know was a thing. But he invented this frozen breaded chicken stick kind of thing. And the rest is magnificent history. Um... I did a YouTube episode on chicken nuggets one time. So if you want to check that out, you should. Because there's a lot of facts in there that I found intriguing about chicken nuggets. Like one of the things that I didn't even know was that McDonald's chicken nuggets have four distinct shapes. The bell, the boot, the ball, and the bone or bow tie. And... I was like, I, I knew that they were all different and looking weird, but I didn't know they had names for it. I think that's just so crazy and weird, but they come in all shapes and sizes, clearly. So if you are a company that makes chicken nuggets, hint, hint, McDonald's, or any other company that makes chicken-type fried things, hit me up, snack at travelsnackspodcast.com. And now, back to the show. The item I'm talking about is a Go Girl. And if you guys don't know what a Go Girl is, it's a personal funnel for ladies to stand up and pee. Now, I'm going to say Go Girl, but I did not buy the brand name Go Girl. I'm just going to say Go Girl because most people know what that means. So that's just the term I'm going to use. But okay, so okay, to properly frame this story, I need to take you back to a different trip that I took. When I went to Europe, I was in Europe for about three months, but I stayed in Italy for a, one whole month of that three months. So when people talk about Italy, they talk about how wonderful it is. You see all these pictures of the old world charm and you're just like, it's a place like no other. And let me tell you, it is a place like no other. I wanted to love Italy. Italy had been the top bucket list destination for me for many, 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 many years. 
and I have gone to Italy two times now and it's still not my favorite place. I do like a lot of Italy, but Italy, that old world charm equals old and broke down and not comfortable. It's very difficult to have a great experience there in a lot of ways. Now, of course, if you have a lot of money, you can do it up in big ways. But when you're a budget traveler and you're just trying to go around and see different things, it wasn't my favorite experience. I would definitely give it a try again. But the month I was there, there was many times where I went to bathrooms and restaurants and public places and the toilet was like, I don't even know, it was nasty or they didn't have a toilet seat. It was just odd. I was like, okay, this is Italy. And like, I just never really pictured Italy having trouble with me wanting to go to the bathroom. And yet there I was. And there was times where I was like, this blows. So before I started to book my trip to South America, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get in that situation again. And in my mind, because I'd never been to South America before, I was thinking, oh, well, surely South America is old and more impoverished and they're going to have times where I'm not going to even find some great toilets and it's just going to be in some rural jungle and I'm going to have to just find a way to go to the bathroom. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Actually, the toilets in South America were excellent. I didn't have any problems feeling like I couldn't just sit on the toilet. Obviously, you know, you put paper down or whatever, but I never felt like I did when I was in Italy, which is so odd to me. But before, of course, before this trip, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get in that situation. So I'm going to buy a pee funnel so that I can stand up and pee like a dude. And then I won't have to worry about sitting on some nasty toilet or one that doesn't have a toilet seat. Like you literally were just going to have to sit on the porcelain weird part where other guys were spraying their urine all over the place and it was nasty. So no. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be super prepared. So I carried this go roll in my little purse with some tissues and some handy wipes just to make sure that I was always prepared no matter what my toilet needs were going to be. And South America, you are awesome. Now I will say the only thing for South America that's different is that you are not supposed to put toilet paper in the toilet at all. You wipe and you put your dirty toilet paper in the trash. You just, you don't, their pipes are not made for that. And you will cause some sort of a gigantic tsunami flood in the bathroom. And they're going to be looking at you like you made a gigantic mess. However, I had my go girl pee funnel every day on my trip. Not one time did I need to use it. I guess for me, I don't feel the need to carry that and have that with me. What I will probably do is if I'm going to go to a country where I feel like it's iffy, I will do a little more research because there's no need to bring things, extra things that you're not going to use. And for my last trip, I did not need my, my lady pee funnel. Number six, similar to a lotion bar, <laughs> I brought a sunscreen bar. So this one looked like a mini deodorant stick. So you rolled it up and then you just like slid the bar over your skin. And this was your sunscreen. And it was a name brand Neutrogena and it was 70 SPF or whatever. So it was supposed to be a really good one. I think I spent eight or nine bucks on it. Um, okay. 
some of you are not going to believe me when I tell you this story. And that's okay. Because I wouldn't have believed me either. But something super crazy and weird happened when I was in Peru. When I went to South America, it was summertime. It was flipping hot, hot, hot. It was humid, sweaty, and the sun was beaming down like crazy. So I was really glad that I had my sunscreen bar. So the first day that I was going to be out in the sun for a long period of time, I decided to use the sunscreen bar and I was gonna be walking around a long time. So I wanted to be protected. So I put the sunscreen on, walked around all day. The next morning, my skin was on fire. It was itchy and burning. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, I, maybe I stayed out in the sun too long. But I had the sunscreen on and I reapplied. So I was like, that's so weird because it's it's 70 SPF. So it should, be, should have been pretty protective. And yet my skin was on fire. But the weird part is that even though my skin looked a little bit red, it didn't look lobster red as in times past where I've stayed too long in the sun and know that it was my fault. But this time I was like, that is so weird. And this itchy feeling went on for several days to the point where I ended up having to go to the pharmacy and getting some antihistamine to take. And so hopefully it would calm down this allergic reaction. So what I thought at that time was I was staying in an Airbnb. I thought that it was the sheets that maybe they had a dog or a cat or they had some sort of, I don't know, some sort of residue on the sheets that caused me to have an allergic reaction because I am allergic to cats and dogs, but not like mega. For me, like I had an allergy test before and it did come back that I'm allergic to cats and dogs and I can be around cats and dogs, but just not for long periods of time. So if I'm around cats and dogs, like overnight, I my eyes water, my nose stuffs up and it's like a full like allergy, you know? But if I'm just around a dog for, you know, an hour or two, it's not bad. But I thought that maybe if I was laying on sheets where a dog or a cat had been laying there all the time and they have pet dander or something like that, maybe I was having an allergic reaction. So, which is weird because even when I've had allergic reaction to dogs and cats that I've been around for a long time, that's not the reaction I get. I get more like hay fever kind of reaction. So I was like, this is so weird, but I couldn't figure it out. And that was the end of that. So I was really not sure what the situation was, but I didn't really use that sunscreen any other time because I was thinking like, that's the only thing that I put on my skin and maybe that was causing a problem, but how? Like, why would that cause a problem? But I had never used that Neutrogena sunscreen bar before. So I was like, okay, that's weird. Because I wasn't sure what was happening to me, of course I Googled and come to find out there's a thing. It's called sunscreen induced photoallergic contact dermatitis. Okay. I was like, this is not real. That is something somebody made up, but legit it's a thing. So what happens is there's a chemical in most sunscreens called oxybenzone. And when that chemical is exposed to ultraviolet light, it causes a chemical reaction on your skin. So basically the thing that you're trying to prevent, a burn, this chemical combined with the sun is actually burning your skin and it's a delayed reaction. It doesn't happen right then when you're in the sun. Basically, it's almost like the chemical is heating up in the very hot sun and it's burning the top layer of your skin. It's causing you to have a, a rash. Uh, and it might not even, you might not even see anything. So for me, I didn't see any 
noticeable rash or noticeable redness. It was just burning and itching. And I was like, that is so odd. And so I kind of stayed away from that sunscreen bar the rest of my trip. And I still wasn't 100% sure because to me that seemed really odd because all my life I've used sunscreen. And I've, I mean, I've never looked at the ingredients that much, but I'm like, okay, I'm in my 40s and this has never happened before. And if it did, I never really put two and two together, but I stayed away from it anyways. So fast forward to when I was back in the United States, I went to take a long walk and I was in the desert sun and I knew I was going to be out there for a while. So I put on the same sunscreen stick. I was thinking, okay, well, I don't think it really was that. So I'm just going to use this. And don't you know, a day or two later, I developed that mega terrible itchy feeling. I wanted to rip my whole skin off. It was so itchy and I was like, there's nothing there. So I called Kaiser advice nurse and I talked to her about it and she was like, yeah, that's a typical thing that can happen to some people. They are allergic to this oxybenzone chemical and it can develop at any time in your life. I was like, what? This is super crazy. So at that point, I realized that this pretty much had to be it. So it really sucks. And so if you try sunscreens and then the next day you feel extra itchy or burnt and you don't really see anything, or you may have an allergy to oxybenzone and that's in the majority of sunscreens. So now I have to buy sunscreen that's active ingredients are titanium or zinc oxide. Those are not the kind that blend into your skin nicely. Those are the kind that you squirt in your hand and it's white and you rub it on and you like rub your skin for like five minutes and there's still like a light white layer of cream on your skin. It's also the same type of thing that you can see lifeguards wearing on their nose or under their eyes or something. It's not ideal because it's usually greasy but I heard that they make some really good ones for babies that don't include oxybenzone. So I'm going to give those a try and I'll report back to you in other episodes in the future. But for now, I haven't found one that's ideal yet because this kind of is a new development for me. But I wanted to share that because it's not something I ever heard of before. And it may be more common than I think. I say all that longest story to say that I will not be bringing my sunscreen bar with me on any future trips. And also I kind of feel a little bit good though, that I won't be using the ones with a lot of chemicals because I'm getting older and I want to protect my skin. I mean, I should have been protecting my skin better all these years, but you live and learn. So now I'm kind of glad that I have to be more conscious about what I put on my skin. Number seven, and the final thing that I will not be bringing on my future trips is the ugly bathing suit. Okay, so in my attempt to condense all of my items into a carry-on, I was like, okay, I don't have room for a lot of cute bathing suits. So what I'm going to do, bright idea, is I'm going to just bring bathing suit bottoms that are briefs. They look big and they cover a lot of area on your body. And then also I'll just use a sports bra as my bathing suit top because I'm going to need the sports bra for just other shirts and stuff like that. So that'll be a way for me to save on space. Well, let me just tell you that I have brought this bathing suit 
combination to a couple trips now and I just don't feel good wearing it. I feel like an old granny with these high-waisted brief bikini bottoms, which can't say bikini, I guess. I guess, I don't know, what's the definition of bikini? Can it be briefs or is bikini like its own small size? I don't know. Let me know if you guys know. But I didn't feel feminine. I didn't feel good. I felt kind of frumpy and just, I don't know. I just didn't feel good. And it was black. And then I would wear my black sports bra. And I just felt like I was compromising. I'm not a super fashionista, stylish person to where I need to have all these fancy, beautiful things. But, you know, a girl likes to feel like a girl, especially in a bathing suit. That does not take up much space at all. So sometimes I need to get out of my own head and just live it up a little and be like, okay, I'm bringing the nice red bathing suit with me this time. I can roll it up and literally stick it in a side pocket of my carry-on if I have to. So I'm not going to bring the ugly bathing suit with me anymore. And that's just something that I want to encourage any of you, men or women, if there's something that you really feel good in, just bring it. If, if you need to move something out of the way or squish it in there, it'll fit. So instead of me being all like conservative and like, oh, you just don't want to like have too much stuff, then this one item, I think I can splurge a little bit and bring a cute bathing suit. The other thing is that you do want to bring a bathing suit that makes you feel good and fits nicely. One that you can try on a few when you're at home and you can feel like, okay, this looks nice. I feel good. Because in some of these other countries, especially in places like Brazil, I went bathing suit shopping while I was there and my butt is too big to be wearing their little skimpy A bathing suits. There was no way. I tried on 15 different bathing suits and they were all like those butt cheek falling out type ones, which I'm sure a lot of the guys would be like, yeah, I get that one. But I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable walking around on the beach looking like that. So, and also the bikini tops were super skimpy and I felt like my side boob was just falling all over the place. So I was just not interested in getting that. And low key, even though Brazil and all the other South American countries are, you pay a lot less when you go places, their bikinis were not super inexpensive. So I wasn't gonna spend money on a bikini that I knew I wasn't gonna feel comfortable in. So yeah, that's definitely something that I will be leaving at home is my mock bathing suit slash sports bra combination. So those are the seven things that I will not be bringing on my next trip. If there's things that you've tried out that you've found that doesn't work for you anymore, I'd love to hear about it. Send me a private message on Instagram or leave me a comment on one of my YouTube videos. I also want to give you a little friendly reminder to hit the subscribe button. Don't, I'm, I'm, I'm talking directly to you. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, she's not talking to me. I mean, I'm, I like her podcast, but I'm not sure I want to commit to that yet. I want you to be the one, just look within yourself and be like, okay, maybe she is talking to me. I am talking to you. Just pretend it's you. I'm talking directly to you. I want you to hit the subscribe button. Just be my friend and you will be happy. That's all I have for today. So I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Travel Snacks Podcast. Please subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram at Travel Snacks Podcast and send a message by email to snack at travelsnackspodcast.com.